Hey there, and welcome to the Caitlin James Podcast. This is a place where we like to have conversations about building profitable and purposeful businesses while also creating a legacy in our day-to-day life. I am wrapping up the startup series. This is episode three of the startup series, and I'm talking about specializing and scaling. And so my first episode talked about the determination and decision of actually pursuing becoming a small business owner, being an entrepreneur. I told the story of how, what led me, all the things that happened in my childhood, in college that led me to start my business. And then the second was talking about um, basically the sacrifices of starting a business and what that looked like. So financially, uh, time, the hustle, um, things I didn't do so well and, and things that I did well that led to growth. Now I'm talking about what it looks like to specialize and scale. And this is what I consider like the last phase because I am still in the process of specializing and scaling. Even in my business now, I'm realizing um, that I'm. it's a constant evolution. And once you get to a place where you realize that, uh, you start to realize like there's just ongoing seasons of this constantly. So in this episode, I'm going to be sharing some key decisions I made early on that contributed to my growth. So specializing is different from scaling. I'm going to dive into specializing first, uh, because even though I am talking somewhat to photographers, it applies to so many different businesses, right? When we start a business, we cannot serve everyone under the sun. There's only one Walmart, right? Walmart serves everyone under the sun, and that's why they can't have high prices, right? Even Target has a ideal client, and that ideal client pays more for the products that are very similar to the type of products at Walmart, but they cost more at Target because Target has a demographic that they're serving that Walmart is not serving. So I want you to figure out where you can be a Target and not a Walmart. Actually, I don't want you to be a Target. I want you to be the specialty beauty store. I want you to be the high-end shoe boutique. I want you to be the high-end clothing department. At a, at, like I want, I want you to be the Madewell and not just a section in Target because I want you to figure out how can you cater to the people that you really are supposed to serve, uniquely serve. Specializing is just that. It is taking what you're good at and realizing like, yes, I could be a photographer for everyone. I could just be the person that takes photos. But what I realized early on is that taking on everything is not necessarily leading me to a place of becoming an expert. And the reason I want to become an expert is because experts are viewed as more credible. Um, So let me just recap. From the beginning of my business, I want to bring you to the point of specializing so you can understand how I got there. So what I did first Um, I started taking on everything. So I did like maybe four to six shoots, family shoots. I did like three headshot shoots when I was starting my my business. Um, I did a failed commercial shoot for Leadbury. (laughs) I did a newborn session or two. They were fine, but they weren't great. I was paying attention during that process. I was paying attention to what I was good at. I was paying attention to what made me feel alive. I was also paying attention to things that I didn't love. So I knew I wasn't good at kids. I'm not good at commercial work. They want to know all about my lighting setup. I'm like, I don't have any lighting. I don't like lighting. I like glowy sunlight. I'm a natural light photographer. I laugh about that, but that was actually very telling. I had no desire to learn strobes or flash or studio work. That was just never my desire. And so that was very important for me to figure out at the very beginning, instead of trying to learn all the things. uh, Someone said, will you come photograph this sporting event on campus? And I remember knowing enough about myself to say, I don't want to do that. I don't think that's for me. I think someone else would probably be great at that. And Jesse Hutchinson, he was a photographer on campus. I think he still does work in the photography world. Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, at the time, 
that was like his realm. Like, let him have that. I That is not my thing. So um, not kids, not commercial, not sports, not architectural. I drove myself all the way up to DC one day to work for a friend's dad who was photographing one of the buildings they had built. And I remember sitting down in an office and he was like, so how are you going to light this? And I remember saying like, oh, I'm just going to raise my ISO. <laughs> and I probably said it just like that with a little country accent. And I think he and his team looked at me like, yeah, you can leave. <laughs> You're not who we want. They wanted they wanted an affordable photographer, but I was like, I don't know. I'm not, uh, this isn't my world. I'm just trying to, you know, see what jobs I can get. But no, I don't have an architectural lighting setup. So clearly that was a no. Um, what I was great at, I was great at couples. I was great at composition. I was great at seniors. All the things where I had more control, I was great at those things. So about one year into my business, I started to get really picky. All right. So one year in, 12 months in, that's actually pretty early. And so if you are, if you've been shooting everything under the sun for like three years now, let this be a sign unto you. You can start being picky. You're beyond ready to start being picky. Um, I started saying no to things, birthday cake smashes, family sessions, studios type requests, architectural commercial shoots. I started saying yes and seeking out what I wanted. And I was saying yes to things that I realized just came naturally to me. And what happened is that that same pattern, that same evolution of realizing what I was good at, it actually evolved even more so to where I almost considered, that's crazy, I almost considered specializing in only being a farm or a state wedding photographer. I met someone, Mike Larson, he was like a vineyard and estate photographer in California. He only shot at vineyards and estates. And so all these amazing vineyard and estate wedding venues were like, oh my gosh, like he's going to be a preferred vendor. And the reason I loved these wide open like areas is because I love composition. I just love it. I need to make a composition course. It is on my list. I swear to you, everyone, photographers are like, Caitlin, when's it coming? It's, it's coming, I promise. Anyway, I I just love it. I love the trees with the bendy with the bending limbs. I love the fence line. I love the pillars. I love the porches. I love finding foreground. That's harder to do in a city. Now, I did not specialize down to that niche of a market, but that's an example of what I could have done. I could have been the Mark the um, the Mike Larson of the East Coast, and I could have specialized in those venues and never shot downtown anywhere. Um, I didn't go that far but I could have, I did consider it. The reason I didn't go that far uh, is because um, I did realize that there are parts about shooting. As I became more experienced, I started realizing that creating composition in a, in a, um, a city setting is actually a good challenge for me. It's actually uh, something that pushes me. And I thought to myself, I'm going to end up shooting in five or six locations over and over and over again. And I'm glad that I didn't go that route because now I shoot all over the country and I'm not bound by she's the photographer for these set venue venues. And maybe that's a season of life where you want to be that. You're like, I just want five venues in our area that always call on me because I have young kids and I don't want to travel. I get that too. Um, but that's the reason I didn't pursue that. So one year into my business, I started saying no to things. I started getting picky about things and pursuing things that I really wanted to shoot. Now, one way to do that, you might be thinking, how do you do that? Do you just put this big thing up on your website saying like, I don't like families? No. What you do is you showcase a ton of what you want. 
you talk about what you want. You talk about your specialty. You talk about how you come alive during portrait time. I started blogging weddings in a way that showed portraits. They were heavy, heavy portraits. I still do this. Very. I never show a family formal. I never show a ton of reception. I literally just show heavy parts of the day that I want to, to shoot more of. And so what has happened is that we have attracted um, brides and couples that love, that absolutely love what I love because I showcased it because that's what I made myself become known for. Another thing that I did, I, I took everything I didn't love off my website. All right. I don't care if you are a bakery owner, if you're an insurance owner, if you're a, I don't, I don't, you name it. If you own a coffee shop, if you run a boutique, if you, anything that really just sucks the life out of you, I would stop offering it. If you don't love it, that was so freeing for me. I remember taking portraits off of my website and being like, oh my gosh, I feel like a new person. I feel like I just set myself free and I had permission to do that. Only you can give yourself permission to do that. Or I'm telling you, I'm giving you permission (laughs) to do that, to take off offerings from your business that you do not find life in. Okay. So I started doing that. Um, I took uh, portraits off of my website and I really... In order to do this, I had to have a certain mindset. So a scarcity mindset would say, no, 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 you can't take those off your website. You've got, you're still new, Caitlin. You got to take whatever you can get. Don't take things off your website. You just need to pull everybody in. A growth mindset says, you know, I, I can tell that I'm not excited about this anymore. And so I need to make a change. And I'm trusting that this change is going to lead to better things for me. Instead of scarcity mindset, I know I hate it, but I just got to keep doing it. There's no way out. What happens to those people? They get burned out that you can tell they don't like working with certain people. And those certain people can tell they don't like working with them. And then all of a sudden your experience starts to crumble and your business starts to crumble and your mindset starts to crumble. You start to resent and hate your business. So I had to have a growth mindset in order to go to my website a year in and be like, I'm taking something off. I actually took a lot off. I, this is something I did not mention um, in the last episode of this series. But when I first started my business, it was called Inspired Designs by Caitlin James because I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. Um, I thought I wanted to be a photographer, but I also wanted to be an interior designer and I also wanted to be a graphic designer. So Inspired Designs was everything. I did it all. <laughs> Horrible decision. I very quickly realized what I didn't want to do. I don't like decorating for other people. You got to match their style, which most people's style I don't like. I didn't want to be a graphic designer because at the time no one respected graphic designer hours. And so you didn't make any money. And I realized I got to pick one of these things and I need to specialize. So not only did I specialize to just being Caitlin James, the wedding photographer or the photographer in general, but I specialized to, I'm a photographer that only does this. And I remember my dad and I, I love my dad. But I remember every time I raised prices or every time that I said that I'm going to back away from doing a certain part of my business, he would say, why would you do that? Why would you just openly say like, I'm pushing away business? And it's because I, it was a strategic business move. It was strategic because I was, I was showing the world, I'm a specialist and I'm an expert at something. Experts um, don't know everything about everything. They know something and everything about one thing. Um, when I went to, I was pregnant with Evie, our first child, and I had something going on in my hand. Like one day I woke up and this knuckle was just swollen, like three times the size. And I started to feel excruciating pain. Like I, I, it was, it was so bizarre. 
Um, worse, I would say worse than labor pains. And I've given birth naturally like, without medication. So um, it was horrible. Felt like a knife was inside this knuckle, just like twisting around. Anyway, we went to all these different doctors. And finally, someone said, you know what? I think you need to go see a hand oncologist. I kid you not, this very specialized doctor saw me, pulled out his personal iPhone, scheduled me a surgery for like 72 hours later and fixed my problem instantly. Why? Because he was a specialist. He could look at my hand and be like, that's a giant cell tumor. We need to get that out and immediately fix my problem. He wasn't just an oncologist. He didn't just work with cancer. He was a hand oncologist. He wasn't an upper body oncologist. He was like, he works on people's hands. That's his specialty. And so he gets treated. He treats people who need very specialized care. Now, I don't remember what the insurance bill, I'm sure he cost a fortune, but I, I do think to myself though, he was, I want to be the him of the wedding industry. Like I want to be someone who is super specialized. I even want to be that in the education world. Like I want to be known for certain things as an educator. I'm not the girl that's going to teach you all about all the different types of flash, right? Why? That's not my specialty. So specializing has brought me not only credibility, but more value. People pay more for the experts. People pay more to work with someone that knows something very detailed about a specific thing that they want. But a photographer that does it all can't charge premium prices because they're not an expert of anything. They're just a provider of everything and expert of none. So basically what I did is I adopted this thought that like, if I say I'm a specialist, I can charge more. And I don't remember who told me that. Maybe Jasmine Starr said it back in the day. She probably did. But I believed it. Whatever, whoever I heard it from, I believed it. And I started living off the mindset. Like if I become a specialist, I become more credible. I become more known for a niche thing and I can charge more. And it worked big time. My prices went from like the $2,000 range to the $6,800 range really, really quickly. And I started to see the benefits of specializing and really scaling back and, and taking only the things that I loved and pursuing only things, only the things that I loved. And I saw the benefits of it. And so I just kept pursuing it even harder. So not only did it elevate my price point, it also elevated my brand. Think about my website. I went from having uh, portraits and seniors and families and all the things to just, I'm a wedding photographer. So here are wedding galleries and an engagement gallery. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, Caitlin, I, I am a wedding photographer and I love it, but I actually don't want to give up families. I, I like shooting families. You don't have to. That's okay. You don't have to specialize as like niche down as I did. I'm actually shooting families again. Now I'm not putting families on my website because I have enough people and enough past clients in our KJ family world that want portraits. I don't need to change my website. So my website is still very streamlined. I am a wedding photographer online. Visually, that's what it looks like. So I get it. Like I, I understand, but if you are offering everything under the sun, I would really encourage you to figure out what is your specialty? Can you become a, a newborn photographer that charges $1,800 for a session because you are just the best? Is that possible? It is, but it's not possible to be that expert and that le- you, you can't access that le- level of credibility if you also do everything else under the sun. All right. So now we've talked about such specialization. We got to talk a little bit about scaling. So when I started to get picky about things that seemed that weren't a really big deal, um, I started to notice things happening. Um, I started to notice things about my business that I that I needed to change. I needed to tweak. I needed to adjust. One thing was my my business name. 
Why did it matter that I went from Inspired Designs by Caitlin James to just Caitlin James Photography? Huge, huge. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation. I was just emailing with someone a few weeks ago. They're in our business course. And I'm going to make up what the business name was because I don't want to call them out. But let's say it was something close to art by design photography. What does that tell you? Like what, what does that say about that brand? We don't know anything. Art by design photography. Um, your business needs to be personally attached to you. Unless you are trying to start a studio level corporate type of studio setting where you have like 15 photographers, like that's different. But if you are a photographer and you're trying to build your brand, if you, even if you're not a photographer, if you are anybody trying to build a brand where you are a huge part of the brand, um, we let's use your name, right? Yes, it can come back to bite you. What if you want to sell your business? Well, a lot of times photographers that are solo photographers and solo brands, you're not going to sell your business unless you are selling kind of a local studio space and you're selling your reputation, you're selling uh, an email list, so the local uh, ability to pull people in and get business, you could technically sell that business. But in general, for marketing purposes, you want to use your name. Caitlin Jane's photography tells you a lot. One, it's a personal brand. Two, I want to meet Caitlin. Three, Caitlin Jane's photography is not offering a bunch of different things. I'm just a photographer. So I went from being inspired designs by Caitlin Jane's, which I thought was so brilliant, to Caitlin James Photography, it was one of the best decisions. And I didn't realize at the time that it was actually a scaling decision. Um, it, it would seem that keeping Inspired Designs, that would be the more scalable name because there's more options. I could do anything under Inspired Designs. Like what are Inspired Designs? No one knows. That is why it's actually not scalable. It's more scalable to be Caitlin James Photography because I became the expert of that brand. That brand got more recognition. People got to associate the redhead photographer with, oh, that's Caitlin James, KJ everything. And that is how we started to grow. All right. So something else that changed as I was scaling is that I started displaying, I was really picky about what I displayed. So like if you go back back to my first blog post ever, you could actually Google Inspired Designs by Caitlin James and a type pad blog will pop up as my first ever blog. It's actually hilarious to read. Um, I have all types of styles. I was using some like actions on some photos and some didn't. It, I had, oh, it was awful. Now, as I started to specialize in scale, I started to get super picky about what I showed the world. And the pickier that I got about what I showed the world, the more elevated I looked as a brand and the more cohesive my work started to look. So I started to get really picky about what I displayed and how I displayed it. And something else that changed, um, I started getting consistent with content because I could see that people were catching on. So I started to do series on the blog. I started to do a blogging schedule. I committed to blogging like every day. I am not telling you to commit to blogging every single day, but I am telling you that as you start to grow your business and you're starting to scale your business, creating a regular rhythm of content. Now, again, we talked about uh, creativities, create, creatives don't like to crank out content, but that can be redundant and boring. Find ways to make content creation exciting for you because as you start to grow and scale, 
that's something that you need in order to grow and scale. You can't grow and scale without producing and sending out some content into the world. And so the more that I specialized, the more I was able to create content that worked within my specialty. It was this beautiful mixture of knowing what I was going after and creating content that catered to what I was seeking. Something that started happening as I started specializing, my prices started to scale. So every one to three weddings, I would increase my prices because the more that I got specific about only being a wedding photographer, the more that I realized, hey, I can I can charge a little more for this. More people are paying attention. More experience is coming my, my way. More equipment. I upgraded my equipment. And I always talk about this, the three E's of pricing, education, equipment, experience. As those things increase, your prices can then increase. Something else that grew and that scaled with me was that my brand became more elevated. The clearer you are about what you offer and what you love, the more clearly you can visually demonstrate who you want to be as a brand. Remember how I said um, last episode in this series, you're not going to be ready to invest thousands of dollars into a professional brand until later on. This is the season where you're starting to get close to that. We're starting to realize like, I am figuring out who I am as a business owner. And now I'm ready to go to a designer and say, this is who I am. This is what I specialize in. This is what I'm scaling to. And I am I'm ready to visually match what I've figured out about myself. So I got an uh, upgraded website. My name had changed. I had a new look. I actually took my teal that was bright, bright, bright teal to a more muted, more elevated, advanced um high-end looking teal, different things like that were part of my scaling and my growing process. So overall, as I started growing in this business, I I just always, again, this sounds so narcissistic, and I don't mean it that way at all, but I always saw myself as a bigger deal than I really was, which I think about people that I experience in our industry now that think they're a bigger deal than they really are, and I'm like, oh my gosh, did I come across like that? I sure hope not. So maybe that's a bad way to put it. Like, it's not that I thought I was something special. It's just that I always viewed myself as already being in the next tier. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Like I always saw myself as being a step ahead of where I actually was. And so then I was just, what what happens with that is when you view yourself as like, being more elevated and more advanced and more experienced than you actually are, then you are just constantly pushing yourself forward, almost on like autopilot. So it, it wasn't arrogance. It wasn't this um, really weird level of like, I'm so great. It was just this confidence, this solid confidence. And not to get too... <sighs> I know everyone listening to this, you believe different things, but let me tell you something. I do think that there is an element of my confidence that came from the Lord. I knew I was called to this. And maybe maybe my confidence in my business was because ultimately my business was based in a calling. And if your business is based in a calling, then there's a level of like, I can do this because I am being asked to do this that makes a really big difference. Like it there was never a part of me that doubted that I was supposed to be doing what I was doing. And that led me to believe like, there's no backing away from this. I'm going to keep pushing forward because I know there's purpose in what I'm creating. There's purpose in the people that I'm serving. And there's purpose in the way that I'm using my natural gifts to serve other people and make money for my family. Like there's something to this. So it, it may be a great way to explain it would be like, it wasn't confidence that comes from arrogance. It was confidence that comes from a calling. And when you have confidence that comes from a calling, there's so much about your business and the ability to show up in your business that is um, that is powerful. 
And not a lot of people have that. I think if I was to leave you with an encouragement with this whole series, my encouragement to you would be to recognize, and I say this at the end of all of our courses. So if you've watched all these videos, then you can just ignore me. I I truly believe that Every human being has a gift on this earth, a way to contribute to the world. And and you may look at some people and say like, yeah, Caitlin, I want to believe that. But like I've seen some people, it's like they're not contributing anything to the world. Right. We're a broken place, right? The world, this is not heaven. This is a broken place. And so if it's a broken place, then we're full of broken people. And so those broken people that you see have a broken life and they've had broken experiences. And so they have a lot of rebuilding, but there is something purposeful about them. Even the most lost souls on this planet, there's something purposeful about their life. What's devastating is that a lot of people live their whole life and they never figure out what that is. So if you're listening to this, my my assumption is if you're listening to this, then you are either in the midst of your journey to figuring out what your contribution, your calling is, or through some creative outlet, whether you're trying to be a photographer or you're starting a business in general, or you've already found it and you're living into it and you're starting to experience some of the things that I mentioned here, both of which are very exciting. But if you're watching this, listening to this, <laughs> then, and you don't necessarily feel that you've got something to contribute to the world, my challenge to you is to challenge that thought, to, to really walk through like, is that true? Do you have nothing to contribute? Do you? why are you here exactly? Like, why are any of us here? I think that we have an important role to play. I think that we have gifts and talents and passions and things we're drawn to. That's why we started the school for our kids. Like we want them to find their contribution to the world. What lights them up, fires them up? What makes you feel excited about life? That has something to do with your purpose and your contribution, the way that you show up in the world, the way you live your life and impact others and serve others. We were not sent here just to shrivel up and die one day, maybe with some legacy and some inheritance for our kids. Like, But that that is not our purpose. We are meant for more. We're meant for so much more. And I, my encouragement with all of these, the three-part series of the startup series is that I think one of my greatest accomplishments in my business has not been the epic portraits we've shot has not been the fact that we have employed my family uh, and given them a life that they love. I do love that part. That's very meaningful to me. But I think in general, what I love the most about this business and this brand and this um, miniature empire that we have built is that it's created other ways for me to watch other people find their gifting and live into their contribution, to find their calling and their passion. So as an educator, as someone who teaches photographers how to build what we have built, it's it's not just because like that's the scaling, that's the next level scaling. That's not why I became an educator. I became an educator because it is empowering for me to watch other people say, I love having my camera up to my face. And I remember what that feels like to be the college student with a camera up to my face. And I also I also can look at other people and say to them, don't neglect that. Like don't ignore 
the fact that you love having your camera up to your face. There's something in, there's a gift in that for you. And there's a gift in that for you and a gift for the world. And I want to help you get to a place where you can see that gift and that contribution to the world come to fruition. So that's why I'm an educator. That's why I do. That's why I created this whole series. I want more and more people to figure out what their contribution is to the world. Because ultimately, when you live into your calling, you start to fulfill a purpose that you may not have even known that you had. And if I can just be a little piece of that, I'm fulfilling a part of my purpose by helping you figure out yours. So, okay. I said to Tyler, oh, these are going to be like 10-minute episodes. 40 minutes later, (laughs) I'm glad you tuned in. I'm glad you watched. Listen, I got to get used to that. We're not watching. We're listening. I'm glad you listened. I'm glad you tuned in. We have a lot of other things planned on this podcast, but I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you want to hear about. So whether that's an email to me, whether that's commenting on a post um, where I'm promoting some of these episodes, let me know uh, what I can help you with, what I can do to serve you and help you grow in your passion and your calling, whether it's being a wedding photographer or not, right? That is just one simple option uh, of a way to use your passion, your gift, and your calling. Um, There's so many other ways to build businesses and build lives that serve with that underlying purpose being enacted. So I'm very thankful that you're here. I'm thankful that you tuned in. I will see you next time.